Rachel. Good morning. Welcome back to True Vine Talks with yeah. Linda and Rachel. We've got a topic I'm really excited about today. We are going to talk about uh, burnout in the workplace, but we're kind of putting a spin on it. And I don't know, we're kind of going to have a, like an open dialogue between Linda and I, a conversation, if you will, about is it really burnout or are we blaming employees for not taking care of themselves when the real issue is betrayal from the system, from the organizations themselves in not supporting employees in a way that prioritizes their individual well-being? Mm-hmm. Great topic, Rachel. I was so glad when she sent me the text, we were trying to brainstorm and I've been hearing this a lot since uh, the pandemic. Um, mm. you know, they were expecting moms to work from home full time and the school system had it because they didn't know what to do. They had to give the moms or the parents, the, they had to teach their kids while working. Right. And if they were under the age of five, they had to find somebody to come in and babysit. <laughs> right. Or yeah. babysit while working. <laughs> like... And their house yeah. is upside down. There's, I mean, yeah. I mean, COVID really brought to light the lack of concern for parents. Yeah. Yeah. All of the cracks and holes in our economic system that are not helping people thrive mentally. Yeah. Yeah, like child care, like stagnant yeah. wages that are not keeping pace with inflation. So people are actually making less money than they did 10 plus years ago because everything's so much more expensive. And yeah, mm-hmm. workload getting like just m- more and more, like it's an unrealistic workload placed on so many people because companies are prioritizing profit over their well-being of their employees. And so they're like, well, we'll just pay less people to do more, but I'm not going to pay you anymore. I'm going to pay you the same. But now you got three jobs instead of your one. People are like, what? <laughs> How am I supposed to do this? And they, the other thing, Rachel, is like someone will quit. Like I have, you know, clients that will tell me someone will quit and they just give them their workload and don't rehire Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Yeah. So unmanageable workload, lack of work-life balance because people are expected to be available 24-7, right? Like you are. Yeah. Yeah. We live on this in this like always on culture where there's email and mess, you know, you can leave a message on a voicemail, you can send a text, like people don't have time to breathe and it's getting harder and harder, especially people working from home, you know, like we still do hybrid 50, 50. Um, It's hard when your work is bleeding into your personal life at home. We don't have as clear boundaries anymore. Hmm. Yes, it's it's very challenging with being 50-50 hybrid to, oh, well, my kid needs a, a sandwich made or, you know, yeah, my lunch. Yeah. 
yeah, or the, I need to pay an electric bill, or it's just, everything's sort of blended. It mm-hmm. felt like in COVID, we got, I've never had the best boundaries. Rachel does. I don't have good work, uh, personal boundaries. And Rachel's been teaching that over the years, but she's done a good job. I'm just going to take the, yeah. the well, I've I've spent this whole year working on them as well. So <laughs> it's a work in progress for me too. Absolutely. Yeah. And that yeah. on that one podcast, I, I want you to reference when we get an opportunity is this psychiatrist, she said that when they were in residency, that they were not allowed to not be available. Yes. So Dr. Pooja Lakshmin, I wrote that down because I wanted to get it right. Psychiatrist. Yeah. And she wrote an article for the New York Times back in, I think, 2021 during the pandemic that was called like, is it, you know, it's not burnout. It's actually betrayal talking about everything we're kind of going over today. And yeah, can you imagine, like, I'm sure residency is still the same today. You've got that pager. And if it goes off, you've got to automatically call because it could be a life death situation. Yeah. And she said, of course, if I have a client that, you know, maybe they're on the edge and they need me, I'm, I'm the lifeline. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's been called to do. And what about her own personal needs? Right. They were kind of put on the wayside. Yeah. And it's this expectation now of being on all the time. All the time. Rachel, can we talk a little more about betrayal? That came up for me in a session this week. And I, mm. you know, the mother felt betrayed in, during the whole pandemic. Can we kind of process what that means like absolutely like what we mean when we say betrayal like let's define it first is that what you mean yes yes sorry yeah sure yeah I think for me betrayal is is like a profound word it's very strong it's very heavy it's kind of like you have these expectations right that your needs are going to be met by people that you are trusting and depending on to meet them. Mm-hmm. And those, that person or those people drop the ball and they, they leave you stranded and alone. Yeah. Like your, your trust is completely broken. Mm-hmm. That, that to me is betrayal. Like I yeah. can't trust the, the, the organization or the person that I thought had my best interests at heart. Turns out they don't. Yeah. And this creates a nihilist mentality. Mm, Say more on that. Yeah. Just if you don't give an F, I don't give an F. Yeah. It's, it gets really challenging to, you know, with parents, not, yeah, the way that, the culture set up is like I live here you live a few states away so grandparents can't come and help me out we need a date night you know well who's there when you have a little baby and yeah the culture's been fragmented a little bit so you don't have these tight-knit societies or a village as Hillary Clinton would say a village to take care of you know, everyone. 
I think that's the part that's always resonated with me. I'm not a big fan of any politician. I'm just saying she's right about it does take a village to raise yes. kids. Yes. I think lots of people speak on that. Yeah. We, we're, we no longer live in like tribes or villages. Like it is very much every man for himself. These days we live in this very individualistic society where you're supposed to be able to, to just handle it on your own. I don't think, you know, especially where we're always looking from an attachment lens Hmm. I don't think we were built for this. I don't think we were meant to live this way. So individually. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. And Dr. Sue Johnson would say that too. She would tell us that everyone needs one person to be there for them and where the, the family has become more nuclear. There's just mom, dad, kid. Yeah. It's, it's, that's maybe not sufficient with the demands at of all how can I expect one person to always be there like they're gonna have something going on at some point and and want to be there for me but not be able to so yeah I, I need a backup or plan b and c mm-hmm. and it's hard for people to yeah. have those backup plans mm-hmm. yeah, they're not available yeah and the other obstacle a lot of hardworking, beautiful mothers were doing during the pandemic was, well, how do I afford hire someone to come in here and take care of my baby while I'm working? Right. They don't pay me enough for that. Financially, childcare is not affordable. Mm -mm. I know so many people who would prefer to continue working and have a life outside of of parenting. um, And they sit down with their spouse and choose that that's not the best option because what they would spend in childcare is what that person would make in a year. Ooh. And so it's like, so I could work or not work. We're making the same amount of money. You make a valid point. And what happens to society if that doctor, she is unable to go to work at that time or teacher because childcare costs her more than her salary. But then society's losing a good teacher or a good doctor or a good artist or a, think of all the things women contribute to society, yeah. you know? Um, and, and the husbands do too. They, they, yeah. I think we're seeing a huge increase in stay at home dads. Yeah. Right. Because maybe the, the, you know, the mom or the, you know, the other partner makes more money and so yeah so everyone feels betrayed yeah yeah I think this is across the board like it's the way that society and organizations are are failing people is really sad right like societally we've already talked about how people are expected to be available 24 7 Mm -hmm. there's also gender stereotypes Men are supposed to be out there hustling, working all the time, you know, only coming home for dinner and, and then going back to work. And women are expected to be caregivers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if a woman's really passionate about her jobs, like, well, don't you want to be home with your kids? Don't you miss them? Or, 
if a woman has to work three jobs to be able, because she's a single mom and needs to take care of her children and support her family, don't you miss your kids? Of course she misses her kids. What, why would you say that? Yes, in that podcast this morning, you're right. And she said she had one kid and she works. And they were like, well, it's awful selfish to not give him a sibling. People say some wild stuff, don't they? I'm thinking, what if she had a traumatic nine months? What if her baby kept her up for a year and she hasn't slept? Well, she's not able to have any more because something went wrong during birth and she had to have a hysterectomy you don't know that Mm -hmm. so why are you saying she need to do this again yeah um she's like you know just trying to manage and survive because we know mental health if you're sleep deprived what happens to the brain oh it does not function well at all no yeah need to reboot at night and if your baby's waking you up every two hours to nurse or change them or you're not getting deep rim sleep and i think Mm -mm. we're getting caught up in this whole like do it all you can be it all do it all another interest no you can't be it all do it all (laughs) yeah no Uh, some really interesting thing i just learned recently is that the female brain when you give birth actually shrinks in size and does not return to its normal size until a year after. So that like mommy brain that everyone is, that's why it's real. It's why you have a harder time remembering things and you feel scattered and like brain fog, your brain literally shrank. Does it, maybe mine didn't go back. Like 19 years ago, I'm still like, and so in some countries, like I think Canada, when a woman has a child, that they have like government pays for them to, you know, gives them the resources to stay home for a whole year. Oh, right. Women in America are like three months if they're lucky and they're, they're back out there. I didn't, I think I'd heard that somewhere shrinking of the brain. That's, oh yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I think there's a reason for it. Like I'm not a doctor, so don't <laughs> take this with a grain of salt, everybody, but something for like, if, if it needs to swell, like there, there's then room and it won't like, you know, be pressing into the skull. Yeah. Because wow, of all the hormones and stuff. How cool is that? Our body just knows what to do. Yeah, I'm thinking of God's perfect design for our body. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. Just like there's no grace towards each other about like, hey, you need a little more time. Sure. Compassion. Right. Yeah. Because there's all this importance placed on achievement. That's another societal factor, right? It's like, get out there and hustle. Um, there's like this glorification of being busy. Oh, I'm so, oh, she's so busy. How does she do it all? Like, it's like impressive, but really like that person's drowning and mm. feels like they can't ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. So they, it's, yeah. So it's kind of like a betrayal of society as a whole. 
on the the unit of the family like Dr. Sue Johnson talks. Yeah. I think so. Right? Like eco economic things that like government and yeah, people could be putting policies into place for affordable child care, paid mm -hmm. leave, affordable insurance, like all these things. And we're just not seeing it. Yeah. Better wages. Yeah. Better yes. work-life balance for folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know what? You need like a month or two months of vacation a year to feel refreshed. Isn't that what most countries do? Yes. It's so needed. Mm -hmm. You're going to come back feeling like rejuvenated. Like you're going to be more creative in how you solve problems. Yeah, I wonder what that is, Rachel, like the neural wiring. Um, when I do take time off, because Rachel's modeled this for me, is I come back for my clients and I just feel this freshness and desire and motivation to work. Whereas when I've just, you know, work, 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 work without any long-term break, I don't feel that. I don't know what, what is yeah. the neural, I wonder what happens to our brain when we take time off work. I need to know that. I don't know. Yeah, we should look that up. But it's true. I mean, I feel that too. If I take a week off and come back, I'm like, I'm so ready to come back. I'm looking forward to seeing people. Mm -hmm. And you're yeah. more, something about your nervous system. It's it's taking a time off from being present because you and I are very present process therapists. Very much, yeah. We're very present in relationship. So maybe it's just being able to turn those parts of ourselves off, you know? Yeah, maybe. I'm sure that's a part of it. I think it also just feels very much in, in alignment with like what I am trying to encourage other people to do for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think like one thing, you know, like Dr. Pooja was talking about on that podcast is like, self-care has to mean something to you it has to be valuable and intentional you can't just go get a massage because everyone else is doing it like if you don't get anything out of that that's not self-care for you like mm. you know someone talked in the talked about like having season tickets to cedar point and going with her husband and like she felt so energized and it was fun right like that was a reset for her. So that was her form of self-care. You know, it meant something to her to have fun. Mm. So, yeah, I think we need to like, when we talk about burnout and self-care, kind of like expand what that looks like and what it is. Self-care can be so much. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. She did say on the podcast, she said, so if my deepest inner value is to be a helper, Staying home with the kids, being a homemaker, isn't going to be self-care for her. Or even living out her purpose. You can be a mom and also have a career, you know, and do some balancing with that because right. you'll resent being home. Yeah, you could. And that's yeah. understandable. Like, it's okay to want more, you know, mm -hmm. than 
and staying home and taking care of your children every day. That doesn't mean you don't, you didn't want to become a parent. That doesn't mean you don't want to take care of your kids. No, just means you, you need purpose and drive and like a sense of achievement, right? Like in your life outside of parenting and that's okay. Like we're complex human beings. Like I think to me, it makes sense that we're not going to be happy just doing one thing, right? Having one singular role. Yeah. Because she may have many hats. She may be, you know, she might teach yoga one evening. She might need, you know, to be leading up a religious group. You you know, she might have many needs. (laughs) You know, that's her self-care. Yeah. His self-care. That's work-life balance, right? (laughs) That a lot of people aren't afforded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're right, Rachel. Yeah. A lot of people, there's a lack of control. Lack of control. In, you know, like there's, there's a lot of insecure work these days. When, what I mean by that is, is like temporary positions Or, well, I work for this company that is contracted by other bigger companies. And if those bigger companies decide they can contract somebody else at a lower rate, then my company loses the job. So it's like that creates a lot of anxiety for people Mm -hmm. knowing that their job is not secure. It's kind of Mm -hmm. on the line, so to speak. And that probably triggers the anxious attachment style personality. I'm sure. And so then they, they try harder and work harder and then they burn out quicker. Oh, I got to perform because I'm going to lose my job. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lack of other jobs as well. Right. It's like, yeah. I think sometimes when people are in a, at a really toxic work environment, it's like, well, why don't you just leave? Like, where else am I going to go and get paid the same and have as good of benefits? Or what else <laughs> am I going to do with my degree, like in this area? Yeah. 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 And that's systemic. Yeah. I think so. System that, and well, you follow the money trail. It's usually a global corporation that's creating this it's economic. Yeah. Yeah. Because their bottom line is to make money. And yes, you have to make money in business. you got to pay your own bills. And there's a point of where it becomes grotesque and you're just sort of robbing your employees of their life. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for saying life. Because in my mind, I was thinking time, well-being, <laughs> like so many things. So, yeah. Life encompasses it all. Yeah. 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 It's unfair treatment, lack of support, and when employees try to do something about it, they tend to just keep running into walls, and it just builds up this resentment, mm-hmm. and you get to a point where it's like, okay, well, my employer clearly doesn't care about us. I'm just a number. I'm just mm-hmm. here to create profit, mm-hmm. so you lose any sense of like value that you used to find in your job. Uh, So of course you're going to get burnt out. And how unfair is it 
that when you reach that point of burnout, that, you know, your employer and society is like, well, it's your fault for not taking care of yourself. You should have been taking care of yourself. The system wasn't built for this person to take care of themselves. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. Be on call all weekend. Why, why didn't you do any self-care? <laughs> uh, I don't have the time or I don't have the money or my insurance won't cover, cover therapy. Yeah, therapy. We need to, Rachel and I need to write up a bill about, you know, providing actual mental health in the insurance plans. Yes. Yeah, because that's, you know, mental health is as important as your physical health. Absolutely. They go hand in hand. One impacts the other. And, you know, some even people whose insurance does cover mental health, they've got to pay a deductible first. I'll have to do that if I go to my chiropractor or my or whatever. It's all, it's covered. That's that's not part of the deductible. It's so unfair that someone trying to be proactive, you know, and help themselves has to pay 500 to $1,500 before insurance will cover that. It's never made sense to me. It doesn't make sense. It's about profit for those insurance companies. So unfair. (laughs) You know, we pay a lot into them. They should be, you know, and that if you would think about society as a whole versus your bottom line profit, you would be like, oh, what can I do for my employees? What's going to make them happy? Yeah. What do they value? Right. How can we be more efficient? How can we reduce the workload? Mm-hmm. Right. Do I need to hire more staff? Because <laughs> then stuff's going to get done quicker. That's going to be more efficient. Than if I have one person doing three jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um it's necessary to to create a, a workflow that people don't feel bogged down. Yeah. People need to feel allowed to take breaks during the day because our brains are not meant to be on like alert focus mode for eight plus hours a day. Mm-hmm. Rachel and I take breaks. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. People need to be given the time to have lunch so they can take care to go to the bathroom, (laughs) take care of just basic physical needs. Yeah. And why is they only give like 30 minutes when I worked for corporations, they only give you 30 minutes. So you'd be standing in line because you didn't have time to pack your lunch because you had to sleep. Right. So you can function. Or you had to take care of your child in the morning, get them ready for school or something. Yeah. I guess to get up at 4 a.m. Like (laughs) get your workout in and do your meditation and prayer and then do this. And it's like, yeah. It's yeah, 30 minutes for lunch. That's that's insane. Takes 15 minutes to eat. Usually, if you're like, you know, kind of taking your time. Mm. 
and you've probably got to drive somewhere to go order it. And if there's any type of traffic or hold up or anything, that's so that's that's a stressful 30 minutes. Like, oh my god, oh, I'm standing in line. Oh, this place is so busy. I gotta wait. Oh, I gotta go back. Wait. <laughs> yeah, it's disorienting, isn't it? Overwhelming. Yeah. I feel stressed just talking about it. I'm getting stressed out, Rachel. It's like fire flight. You're putting your body, the cortisol starts dumping into your gut before you eat. So then you don't digest it well. And then people have heartburn and then they have it's it's not conducive for great society. Yeah. And they yeah. can't even pick like a, a healthier option. They got to go through the drive through or get some, because you've got no time to do yeah. anything else. We're going to change the world, Rachel. I know. I hope people are listening. They're just as passionate and yeah. Yeah. Get out there and, and, and do things about this. You know. Well, advocate. So yeah. email your senators, um, get on social media and complain because they, for some reason, they look at that. <laughs> so, well, they do a lot. I'll put at, you know, Mr. Mansion nice. and, you know, hey, I need you to do this. Can you fix this road? Or I just want to advocate oh. for a better society. Sounds like that's better than emailing because every time I get an email, I just get like some automatic reply. I'm like, <laughs> I can't expect him to like answer everybody. I'm sure he gets a thousand emails a day, but yeah, and someone else answering them. Yeah, yeah. I just go, I just go on their Twitter. I go, hey, there you go. You're just stalking them. <laughs> we need better roads to Hawk's Nest. We yes. need to fix this. I don't care. Good for you. No, yeah. good for you. So we need to advocate for the working mom and working dads that. You know, they don't have extended family that lives close by. They don't have a village. Right. Yeah. Just like, resources. Yeah. Resources from your job. You know, like the, people don't teach their employees stress management. They don't offer training on that, do they? Some do, some don't. Right. Yeah. Not a lot of them offer childcare. Not a lot of them offer flexible schedules that might help you be able to pick your kids up from school or whatever. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no wonder people are burnt out. Yeah. And then they're getting blamed. You didn't, yeah. you didn't get enough massages. You didn't work, <laughs> you didn't work out for three hours, Rachel. You You're not eating healthy hours. enough. If you were eating better, you wouldn't feel this way. I wouldn't feel unsupported and undervalued <laughs> if I was eating salad. What? <laughs> you didn't work out. It's all your fault. How awful is that? Yeah. Like self-care is meant to manage stress. It yes. can help prevent burnout. But we are looking at a much bigger issue when we're talking about burnout in the workplace, because it's like we said, it's societal and then organizational, right? Like your specific company. And there's, there's a lack of control there. Like mm -hmm. it's not a lot of policy change one employee can make, you know? Yeah. 
if they're the only ones kind of standing up and voicing their opinion and they're probably going to get backlash like the the psychiatrist in the podcast was saying like there's options you can say yes you can say no or you can negotiate a different option if you say no there's always going to be a cost Mm -hmm. you got to figure out what that cost is are you now the scapegoat at, at your workplace? Because that's not fun. That's not helping burnout. And the people that have been there forever, kind of like, well, I won't get into it, but the people <laughs> that just stay where they're at for till they're 100 years old, it's like, you know, the younger generations know things that you never even knew. I, I told my students this at Marshall you guys are brighter than me because you have more information than I had at your age. So your knowledge base is much broader. And so when the older people are like, oh, we've always done it this way. Well, maybe your way isn't working for the now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Standing ovation for that one. Yes. Yeah. Just like 20 year ago salary isn't working for now inflation right same concept like society keeps changing you know keeps growing keeps modernizing more technology advancements we cannot expect the same policies and procedures that worked a decade ago or more to still be what's in our best interest today and why does school start at 7 a.m.? Well, I know it's later than that, but the school buses run through at 6 a.m. And I'm so really why standing out in the dark. As the kids are standing out in the dark, waiting on the bus, freezing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you need a blankie. Yeah. So it's it they didn't change, they haven't changed with our um societal changes like we're not agricultural that's not our specific economy anymore and we're still making kids get up at the crack of dawn um so they can come home early and work on the farm which they're not coming home early to work on the farm typically some might and it's what why are we still holding on to these things you ever ask that like what what that's a great question when most businesses are like nine to five yeah yeah it's probably because of sports Oh, I didn't think about sports being an option. I just thought about it. Those games are usually like five or six, right? Yeah. So if they start later, they'd have to end later. And um, that could be it. But it's not conducive for the mental health of the parent or the child or the teacher to start that early. Right. So, so they could like get up and eat and take a bowel movement and maybe right. exercise and meditate in the morning so they can get ready mm-hmm. mentally for the day. Instead, it's like rushed, like yeah. trying to get breakfast. We're trying to pack lunch. We're trying to, you know, get dressed and get your backpack and get all your stuff you need for basketball or whatever you got after school. And you need but to take the bus to grandma's today or it's like. But Rachel, you should have done that the night before. You should have been ready. You gotta go to sleep because if you wait, what if you couldn't wind down that night? 
Yeah. Well, if you were at a way sport event until 11 p.m. or whatever, <laughs> I don't know. You get home late. You don't have time to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner and right. meal prep. I, I, I love all that stuff, but man, that takes yeah. time. That's a whole weekend. Like that's half a Sunday. I feel. Oh yeah. People are doing that. Kudos to, to those that are doing it, but that's, that's a lot of time that not everybody has. Right. And if you do get up at 4 a.m. And, and conquer the world first, you tire, you know, you get tired at midday and then the Spanish culture in South America, they take a siesta and, you know, I've mentioned this in podcast. Mm. Well, if you want me to get up and be here this early, give me a mental and physical digestive break. Yes. Come on. So our, our society needs to change our, our American culture. Yeah, it really does. As far as what people can do individually um, to try to combat this in the meantime, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say is have realistic expectations Mm. for yourself and for others. Right. Don't expect your boss to all of a sudden have your back if they haven't for the last, you know, however long you've worked there. You know, don't expect your coworker to help you out today if they if they don't typically do that. Mm-mm. They won't. Yeah. And don't expect yourself to be able to do the, the work of three people either, because that's not fair or possible. And, and learn how to say no. And get comfortable with people getting mad at you. Yeah, that's number two, boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned number three several times, take breaks (laughs) throughout the day. Yeah. Even if it's three minutes or five minutes, if that's all you've got, that's better than nothing. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Go for a walk, take your dog out, get you a snack. If you don't, if you're not working from home, you know, go to your local park, tell your boss you'll be back when you're back. Yes. <laughs> you yes. get, you get a consequence for self-preservation, which I always have because people are like, oh, you're being selfish. No, no, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to live till I'm 85 if the Lord wills more. it. Yeah. And so I'm going to self-preserve because I don't expect Rachel to tell me to go get a drink of water. Right. You're expecting yeah, someone else? Yeah. Go ahead, Rachel. Sorry. Oh no, I was just reflecting what you're saying. Like, yeah, how wild would that be? Like as an adult, like, okay, you can you may now break for lunch. Like <laughs> this happens all over the place, right? Like mm-hmm. it's crunch time, guys. It's a corporate world, especially. Like we're we're working through lunch today. Like, can people actually do that? Is there not like laws saying you gotta give your employees time to eat lunch. I think they're probably you're right. Is. 30 minutes a day is all it's required. Follow. <sighs> so take your 30 minutes, people. Take that 30 minutes and get away from your like, desk. I'll be at that meeting, but I'm going to go get my lunch first. I'll bring it in with me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you've got, that's number four. You've got to take care of your physical needs. Please eat, please, you know, stay hydrated. Please get a little bit of movement in your day, whatever joyful movement 
you like, walking, whatever. Uh, and please get enough rest, sleep. That's how we process our day. Yeah. Excellent topic, Rachel. Thank you for showing up and coming up with this this week. I was not able to think of a podcast and this was a really good one and much needed. Mm -hmm. Important one, especially with holidays approaching, people's busy lives and yeah. So. Say no and be comfortable with people being disappointed with you. Yeah, yeah. Self-preserve. Yes. If you live, this was another thing, Dr. Pooja. If you live your life with the moral compass of guilt as your radar, right? And all the choices you make are to avoid feeling guilty, you will turn into a martyr and you will be resentful and angry. Yeah. And so. nobody cares. That's the other part is she referenced Mark. Is it Ranson? I always want to get his name. Mark Man Manson. Hanson or I want to get it correct because I love his book. I know the yeah. language is awful. Do not listen to it with your kids in the car. <laughs> um, you know, he says, what do you really care about? Mm. Oh, it's. Oh, it was choose um, your. Um... Mark Manson, yeah. Yeah, and, and she says that right. If you're, No one's giving you an award for being a martyr. Now, in the spiritual world, the religious world, being a martyr would be, you know, for a cause. Let's clarify that. That's a cause. That's a, that's a belief system. You know, I'm willing to die for this. But what are you dying for a corporation for? Yeah. Be clear about what that cause is. Yeah. Is it you and your family? Is it your values? Or is it, a, yeah, a corporation that's going to replace you faster than, you know? Yeah. So are you willing to die? Like literally and physically and emotionally and spiritually for what cause? Yeah. There are very few things that you should die for mm. on yeah. purpose, you know? Yeah. And I like to ask myself, this is something I've been working on when it comes to boundaries. If I say no to something, what am I saying yes to? Ooh, I like that. If I say yes to something, what am I saying no to? Can I live with that? Is that in line with my values? Is that what's best for me and my family? love that that's beautifully stated i hope our listeners caught that that's what am i saying no to when i say yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like that. goes both ways i'm gonna yeah. start asking myself that yeah if i say yes to another client or work am i saying no to spending time with my husband in the evening or dinner Maybe I'd, right yeah, maybe, maybe I don't want to give that up. Maybe that's important time to me. So, yeah, that's so good, Rachel. I hope everyone like really got something from this podcast. I know I learned a lot and we appreciate all of our listeners. We're on how many different apps are we on? Spotify, 
YouTube. Pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yeah, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, I think Stitcher. Nice. Yeah. That's all credit to Rachel. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rachel. This, there's a website that's just pumping us out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So we just really appreciate this opportunity to share with you guys kind of my and Rachel's philosophies and thoughts on the burnout and yes. what you can do to keep yourself healthy. Yes. I hope that anyone who's listening that's been feeling burnt out at the workplace uh, feels validated after listening to us talk about this. It, it's not all, it's not all on you. Like, yeah. And I'm so sorry. There's such a lack of support for people. It's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. Thank you for listening until next time. Bye. Bye.